God is in the business of creating new beginnings for us, but why exactly does the Lord do this? Well, God certainly wants us to enjoy life and make the most of it, but more than this, the Lord has created us for a purpose. We are made to reveal God's presence and love to other people. Now, one church in the New Testament that struggled to live with love was the Corinthian church. They had all kinds of problems, and it seems that most of their problems came from a lack of love. They were big on knowledge, but it wasn't helping them solve their problems. Paul even told them that knowledge puffs up, but love builds others up. The love of Christ. I lost my thought. Ah, I'm going to start over. This is take two. God is in the business of creating new beginnings for us, but why exactly does the Lord do this? Well, God certainly wants us to enjoy life and make the most of it, but more than this, the Lord has created us for a purpose. We're made to reveal the presence and love of God to other people. One church in the New Testament that struggled to live with love was the Corinthian church. They had all kinds of problems, and it seems that most of their problems came from a lack of love. They were big on knowledge, but that wasn't helping them solve their problems. Paul told them that knowledge actually puffs up people, but love builds others up. Love is the way of Jesus Christ. And we, as the body of Christ, are made to reveal the love and presence of Christ to others. Now, if you have a Bible handy, I invite you to turn to the 8th chapter in 1 Corinthians. I'll read verses 1 through 13. But let's listen now to our scripture passage. And Paul writes these words. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us, There is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge, since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not now somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you who possess knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? 
So by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. This is the word of our Lord. I find it easy to dwell on the things that weigh me down. And when I am wrestling with heavy matters, my thoughts often move in the direction of what I want and what I need. But I've come to realize that when this happens, I quickly become consumed with myself and I lose sight of my neighbors. Now when I read a scripture passage like the one we have today from 1 Corinthians, I'm reminded that I'm a part of something much greater than myself. I'm part of the body of Christ. And the beauty of this body is that we're committed to each other in such ways that we pray for and support one another. Just the other day, I was talking with one of our church members, and she said that she prays for me and the pastors on our staff every single day. This means the world to me because it's through prayer and through loving actions of others that God's presence is revealed. In fact, all of us are made to reveal the presence of our Lord. Now, God has chosen to work in this way, has chosen to work in the world through the people of this world. And God has chosen to work in this way because the Lord is relational. God wants to be with us. And quite often, God wants to reveal himself to us through other people. But I think it's easy to lose sight of this when we're distracted and consumed with ourselves. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul was talking about, to the church about what it means to be the body of Christ and how distractions can pull us away from each other. And one of the biggest distractions for the Corinthians was the controversy of eating food sacrificed to idols. But what exactly was the nature of this problem? Well, let's remember that Corinth was a city in ancient Greece. And one of the traditions of the Greeks was to sacrifice an animal to a pagan god, burn some of the flesh at an altar, and then enjoy some of the meat at a festive meal. The remainder of the sacrificial animal was then sold to a meat market, And merchants would turn around and sell it to the public. This was not an issue for most people in Corinth. But there were some Christians who were uncomfortable eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. And unfortunately for them, meat like this popped up in many different places, including in the markets, in the homes of non-Christian neighbors, and in public festivals where people would go to develop personal business and political connections. The Corinthian Christians were struggling with all of this, though. They didn't know what to do. They certainly didn't want to eat food that was considered evil or that might lead them away from Christ. But at the same time, they didn't want to live in isolation from their larger world. Well, Paul reminded the church that Idols are nothing more than just stone and wood statues. There's no power or supernatural being behind them. 
Because there is only one Lord, only one God. Now, people may worship these idols, but as Paul said in verses 5 and 6, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Paul wanted the church to know that God is the source of everything that exists, even the meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And since God has created everything and called it good, no food should be off limits. Now, having this knowledge should have solved their problem, right? But it didn't. Verse 7, Paul wrote, Not everyone has this knowledge, since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol. Paul knew that idols were worthless, but he also noticed that eating meat sacrificed to idols was a huge stumbling block for some Christians. They just couldn't stomach the thought of eating this kind of food, and they worried that if you did, you were somehow sinning against God. But on the other side, there were some Christians who had no problem whatsoever eating this kind of meat. You would even find them hanging out at the local burger joints in Corinth. But Paul had a warning for that group. He wrote in verse 9, Take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Now the temptation with our liberty is to use it totally on ourselves. Freedom gets us thinking about what we have the right to do. But we can quickly forget about the responsibilities we have to each other and how our actions affect others. Some people in the Corinthian church knew that they were free to eat whatever they wanted and they wanted to put this into practice. But in the process of doing this, they became consumed with themselves, with their own rights, and they ended up harming other believers in the church. Paul's issue with them was their behavior. Their actions were causing problems for other members of the church, and they certainly weren't doing a good job revealing the presence and the love of God to each other. You know, how we treat other people matters because we are made to reveal the presence of God. But are we using our liberty to do this? Or have we allowed our freedom to turn us into selfish people where we are totally consumed with ourselves? Paul reminded the Corinthians to not let their freedom and their knowledge about the meaninglessness of idols become a stumbling block for those newer to the faith. Now, he pointed out that knowledge puffs up, but love builds others up. And it really is through loving actions that we reveal the presence of God to others. This is how we build people up. It's how we strengthen the body of Christ. Now, out of love, Paul gave up eating meat. In verse 13, he wrote, If food is a cause of their falling... I will never eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. This cutting meat out of his diet was one of the ways that Paul showed the church that he valued love over knowledge. 
Now, we're living at one of the most contentious and divisive times in our country's history. There's a, a lot of fighting going on. And there are important issues that we need to work on to ensure a brighter future for our world. But I think we assume we can solve our problems with facts. We say to ourselves, if we can just get that other person or that other group of people to listen to the facts that we have, then they'll finally see how we can fix our problems. Of course, we know people have a hard time agreeing on the facts, and when people can't reach agreement, frustrations start to build. And as frustrations grow, some people will turn to violence, and that certainly doesn't reveal the presence of God. If we want to reveal God's presence, we need a different approach, a different approach that we see embodied by Paul and Jesus. And this is the way of love. Jesus told his followers, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But how do we act in loving, gracious, and supportive ways to those with whom we hold intense disagreements? Well, I think the first thing we should do is focus on our own spiritual life. We have to pay attention to what's going on in our own hearts. Is the love of God the driving force in our hearts, or is it something else? In the fourth century, Christianity and the Roman Empire experienced something wildly new that it never had experienced before. Emperor Constantine ended persecutions against Christians, and in time, Christianity became the official religion of the empire. And with this newfound freedom, a number of Christians became more interested in gaining power and prestige than embodying the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Some of the most faithful believers were concerned that this big cultural change had created an environment that was producing weak and nominal Christians. So these folks fled to the desert where they created a rigorous life of discipline and discipleship. Historians call them the desert fathers and mothers. And they were worried that too many Christians had allowed a lust for power and prestige to dominate their hearts. The human heart really is a battleground. And within our own hearts, dark things like greed, lust, anger, unforgiveness, and hatred can take root and then they work their way out in the way we live if we allow these things to go unchecked we'll have an impossible time trying to live in loving ways towards others especially those with whom we hold disagreements the desert fathers and mothers wanted to reveal God's love and presence to others, but they knew the only way to do this was to engage in serious spiritual training that involved diving deep into their own hearts and motivations and repenting of their sin. And that really is a good example for us to follow. Focusing on our spiritual life is an important first step in growing into more loving people. But a second step we can take is simply to make the choice 
to not act selfish. Don't insist on your own way or your own opinion. Take the time to listen to other people. Try to fully understand the other side of an issue, even if you disagree with it. I encourage you to see disagreements as opportunities for discovery and learning and relationship building. And then make the choice to not be rude or obnoxious. We do encounter a wide range of people who have different politics than us, different views on marriage, parenting, vaccines, and other such things. We may be tempted to shout at them and tell them how wrong we think they are and then beat them over the head with what we know. But that's a recipe for trouble. And it certainly doesn't reveal the presence of God. Instead of being rude or obnoxious, let's have the humility to remember that the other person may very well reveal something new about God and God's desires for us. After all, every person is created in the image of God and the Lord is working to reveal himself to us through others. And finally, let's remember that everyone, including you and me, is a sinner for whom Christ died. It is out of love that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for us. And so when we're trying to act in loving ways towards those with whom we disagree, let's ask ourselves, what sacrifice can we make so that other person or those other people might feel loved and valued? God has shown us through the life of Jesus how we can love in all circumstances. This is the most important example we have. And so in this very divisive season of life, let's strive to live more like Christ by being people of love. That's how we can help reveal the presence of God. And it's how people will know that we are Jesus' disciples. Let's pray together. Oh God, we confess that we don't always act in loving ways. We get caught up in what we know and what we want, putting our desires ahead of everyone else. Lord, forgive us for acting in ways that hurt others. And we pray that you would fill us with your love. Help us to live with kindness and humility and to encourage other people. We pray that your presence will be revealed through us and that you will use us to help transform our world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.